Hello, and welcome to the ADHD Manual Podcast. My name is Abby Chow. I'm a marriage and family therapist, an ADHD certified clinical services provider, and a proud ADHDer. This is a podcast for people with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder and those who love us, which covers pretty much everybody. Growing up with a colorful brain in a black and white world can make us feel like aliens. The manual we were given to guide us through life doesn't have any diagrams of the parts we have. I've decided to stop throwing away my parts and start throwing away this useless manual to write my own. So kick off your shoes, have a seat, and take a break from fitting yourself into a mold that's not your shape. You belong here. Allies, welcome to the ADHD planet. ADHDers, welcome home. Hello everyone, welcome back. Um, This is Abby. Happy May. Um, This episode is actually a continuation from the last episode um, when I tried to answer questions from both a teen with ADHD and a parent of a teen with ADHD and I ran out of time. (laughs) So hopefully people are actually listening to this and aren't um, super peeved that I uh, started the last episode leading you down a direction and then shoved you off a cliff. So I'm sorry about that. (laughs) Hopefully you're back uh, for more. And um, yeah, so today I'm dressing the other half, um, what every parent should know about their ADHD teen. Um, So before I uh, just play the, um, you know, the the question that I'm answering in the email, um, I wanted to preface this with saying that what I'm about to say is not exclusively for neurotypical parents. Um, I know that, um, and and I want to say this because, um, maybe it will be a little comforting because I know just as many parents with ADHD who really struggle to lead their ADHD kids in a neurodiversity affirming way. And, um, the truth is, is that all the mainstream, you know, how to parent teens advice just isn't well suited for neurodivergent kids or parents. Um, even if we have ADHD and we know so intimately exactly what a child is struggling with, that doesn't automatically translate to knowing how to parent them. And a lot of that is because, you know, our parents often didn't have a very neurodiversity affirming parenting style and neither did theirs and so on and so forth. And so, sure, it's really useful to gain a better understanding of what's going on in a kid's brain, and sometimes that gives us better ideas on how to help them, but ultimately, what's actually required to be a great parent for a teen with ADHD is basically a complete excavation of the child-rearing goldmine, so to speak, and like panning through every little piece of advice you've been carrying around to figure out what's gold and what's just dirt. So obviously this is even harder than it sounds and maybe some questions to um, that you might ask yourself to start um, this process are things like, um, you know, in situations where you're you're faced with a tough parenting decision with your, with your teen with ADHD or um, um, running into issues with discipline or whatever. Um, maybe some questions to ask yourself would be like, what value am I emphasizing the importance of right now? Or, um, and then like, is that value more important to teach than it is to preserve this relationship? And, um, I say that because this is especially important for teens, um, because at this point, like in their development, they're wired to branch away from you, right? 
um, and make their own mistakes and reach out to you less and, um, you know, really spend a lot of time um, asserting who they are separate from you. And so you might find that they respond better to moments when you seek connection rather than when you seek to educate or, or guide them, right? And um, this is kind of hard to explain, so I just have an example that maybe will um, just help illustrate what I'm what I'm talking about. Um, so this is an example about my dad, and I hope that <laughs> I hope that he is okay with me sharing this. Um, of course, I'm recording this too late <laughs> to ask him <laughs> ahead of time, um, but I will ask him right after and. Um, I might go back and edit this out if I, uh, you know, if, if, if he's not comfortable with it, which would be his right. So, um, but the example I'm thinking of is that, um, my dad is a teacher, right? Um, I think, uh, many of you might, might be aware of that. Um, from when I, I interviewed one of his, his students a while back, um, and he's amazing at it, right? And part of what makes him such an amazing teacher is that he has this unwavering belief in the abilities of his students and his kids, you know? So this meant that when I reached adolescence, he would sometimes respond to my cries for help, um, you know, whether that be <laughs> actual cries for help or cries for frustration and lashing out, and he would respond with an attempt to encourage me to figure it out on my own. And it would lead to these huge fights between us because I actually couldn't do it on my own. <laughs> and I would feel crushed because I'd already gotten to a point of desperation where I could even bring myself to ask for help, right? And so years into my adulthood, we had this beautiful conversation where he um, explained to me his reflections on these moments from my, um, my adolescence and um, young adulthood. And he said he he truly thought he was doing the right thing for me and his intention in stepping back um from helping me was to communicate that he was so confident i could do it that i should be confident in myself but since that time he shared that he realized what actually happened is that our relationship suffered i would feel rejected i would lash out and then i'd pull away and he would get frustrated at what looked like my lack of effort right and so this incredibly strong bond we used to have when I was a, a child would just start to crack. And so years ago, um, during this nice conversation, he said he would stop doing that, you know, and instead he would just provide all the help I need when I ask him because it's a connection he's happy to share with me. And um, he has kept that promise every single day since. And, and where we are now is not only is he one of my favorite people in the universe and we have a wonderful relationship, but his honesty and his integrity in this one conversation taught me values that I hold very dear to me to this day. Um, so I say that because in some, I tell parents, um, uh, that I see, you know, parents of my clients, um, that if making their kids do the quote-unquote right thing, um, according to what anyone says about what, you know, what the kids should be doing or where their ability should be, if making them do those things leads to more tension between you, then drop whatever you're able to in order to preserve that relationship. 
And this has come up tenfold over the past year, especially um, because of how much um, time that kids have been um, have had to spend at home with their parents and how how much more involved parents have had to be in schooling. Um, so I once had a parent tell me that helping their kid with homework every day just made them both miserable. <laughs> so I told them, don't. <laughs> don't do it. Forget about the homework. It's not worth it, you know? Um, because that's, I mean, first of all, if if a kid or anyone, if, if we're upset, we don't retain a single thing anyway, <laughs> you know, like when we're really activated, when that amygdala is flaming up, our prefrontal cortex that makes all the decisions and the logic and the retaining information, it shuts down. So like if you're under such distress during these moments when you're supposed to be learning, you're, it's not worth it anyway. You're not, you're not retaining it. Um, and the relationship is what's going to sustain through childhood, through adolescence, through adulthood. Um, so, so yeah, if, if that's helpful, um, what I told the parent and what I can tell you now is that like, um, blame me if you want, (laughs) you know, uh, this is what I told the parent. I was like, you know, tell them that, uh, you know, tell the teachers that the, their, your kid's therapist told, told you to like, um, stop doing homework, (laughs) you know, like, I'm happy to stick up for you in the school. Like, it's just forget it. You know, it's not worth it. I mean, the relationship is what sustains. It's not the, you know, the math equations. So, um, anyway, all that to say that, um, obviously there, there's plenty you can learn and you can do, um, to want to be more supportive, um, and helpful to your teen. Um, but ultimately, what matters is maintaining a relationship with them, um, because that's what's going to sustain and that's what's going to be much, much, much more important. Um, so hopefully I say that to relieve some pressure, because I think especially with like, um, you know, with kids who, who learn differently or who are neurodivergent, you know, I think there's a lot of pressure on parents to be doing exactly the right thing, you know, and to be like, saying the right things and, and, and doing things the right way and, you know, teaching the right skills and the right lessons. And like, I, I, I hope that this could, um, maybe uh, help you ease up on yourself a little bit and know that, um, I think ultimately, you know how to have a relationship with your kid. You've been doing it this long, right? You know, so like, um, I think, as long as you can just spend time with them and connect with them and maintain that relationship, that's what matters. I wouldn't, I would try to take some pressure off of yourself for figuring out exactly the right skill. Um, you can teach them now that will help them for the rest of their life. So again, like I say, with everything else, if that's helpful, take it. And if it's not just, uh, leave it in the trash, who cares? Um, so that being said, um, I will play the, um, the section I recorded where I answer um, a question from a parent. So I did receive a message um, about a year ago um, from a parent named Heather. um, And Heather's message says, Hi, I was wondering if you had good resources for a parent with a teen who was recently diagnosed with ADHD. We're currently in DBT treatment and her depression and anxiety symptoms have been reduced. 
I appreciate the articles I've read on here so far and I'm in search for some good supports to help my daughter. Um, so what I, uh, and, and thank you Heather for sending this in and, and we did have a, um, a nice exchange and um, it's very, very obvious that, that Heather cares very, very deeply um, about, you know, helping this kid um, and, and supporting um, her in the right way. So uh, that's really goes farther than anything else, right? Um, so that was very clear from our, our brief um, exchange. And uh, thank you, Heather, for uh, allowing me to share this with other people, because I think, um, you know, that's uh, not a, a, um, an uncommon um, desire, you know, uh, teens in general, um, I don't want to say, oh, teens are so hard. <laughs> I'm kind of tired of hearing that just because like it, adolescence is hard. I mean, like there's so much you're supposed to be doing and like just in terms of like development and body changes and like, you know, schooling and starting to think about your future. Like there's so much going on. I mean, I don't know how, I mean, if you're a teenager and you manage to not, you know, sleep 20 hours a day, like, bravo, you're, you're killing it, you know? Um, so it's, it's complicated and it's hard and it's hard for both the teen and, um, and parents who really want to support their kids in the right way. So, um, I just sent like just some brief notes to Heather, um, off the bat of not knowing much about, um, about the situation, but I just gave some like brief, just general parents of ADHD teens um, tidbits um, that might be helpful to know. So one, number one is something I mentioned a few times in the past is that like uh, hormones affect everything um, all the time, but they can have especially exacerbated results on ADHD symptoms. Um, and this goes for uh, um, any kind of, of body, um, you know, whether you have like, um, uh, estrogen or testosterone or whatever you got going on, um, hormones really have a huge impact. Um, and so especially in adolescence, you know, you got all sorts of hormones really waking up and, and, uh, wreaking havoc more or less. So it's really common to see ADHD symptoms, um, you know, like forgetfulness, disorganization, mood swings get really, um, you know, flare up and get worse for a little while, um, in adolescence. That's really common to see, um, no matter the gender. So that's something just to know, like it, it might be, um, sometimes it can be jarring, you know, to feel like your kid is doing well and growing. And, um, sometimes it can feel like a bit of a backslide. Um, and just know that, uh, while the body is regulating and, and dealing with all these hormones, uh, for the first time, like, uh, it's going to involve a lot of like recalibrating of ADHD, ADHD symptoms and how they present. So, uh, just know that that's going to be rocky for that reason. And, um, and that it doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, something is going terribly wrong or that, um, they're, they're moving backwards in any way. So, um, and then also ADHD symptoms, uh, lifelong respond to the menstrual cycle. Um, so estrogen promotes the release of dopamine while progesterone limits it. Um, and we know that dopamine is the, that magic, that magic, uh, I don't know, 
happy little guy for ADHD. So, um, uh, in the beginning, uh, or the end of one's menstrual cycle, the progesterone kind of shoots up and the estrogen really drops down. So ADHD symptoms can get a lot worse. And then they kind of tend to get better in the beginning and middle of the cycle as the estrogen starts to build up. So, um, so that's important to know. It's very, um, it can be very helpful to get into, um, just kind of, a an increased awareness of, um, you know, people with, with uteruses and, um, kind of getting a sense of their, their rhythm and, um, uh, just tuning into how that's impacting them, um, and how their symptoms fluctuate, uh, over time. So that's just something to keep aware of. Um, and then number two is, uh, something I've kind of mentioned and I really don't like (laughs) bringing attention to it. Um, I like to refer to it as uh, a secret, (laughs) but I will say it, uh, that there is like a fair amount of evidence to support the claim that ADHD brains are about three years behind developmentally in some areas of the brain. So obviously I don't like spreading that around. So I'm trusting you to keep this a secret, but, um, it doesn't necessarily mean that there's, you know, like a, um, you know, intellectual delay or any kind of like, oh, it means that they have to, um, you know, stay back a grade or whatever. It doesn't have to mean that, but it can just be, um, a useful thing for parents to hold in their mind when they're considering like their expectations for their kids. You know, I think I had a lot of moments growing up where, um, where I would just get the feeling from adults that like, I was too old to be struggling with something, you know, like, so, um, you know, like I said, like uh, being a 16 year old and being like, I don't know how to clean my room, you know, like, um, that can, it can just sometimes be helpful to hold this in, in their mind, just to, just to remember that they are going to need more scaffolding, like between developmental stages, more so than maybe some neurotypical kids, you know, like, so maybe a neurotypical kid, um, who's, I don't know, like, in their late teens might be totally ready to, um, you know, be totally in charge of the chores they're responsible for and be punished if they don't do them, you know, that might be appropriate for, for them. But, um, a lot of times for, for teens with ADHD that can look, um, you know, it it can look like they're just not quite there yet. So we might need more scaffolding between those kind of stages. Um, and that's not, it's not uncommon for some ADHD youth to kind of have times where they act younger than their age. Um, because there are some parts of their brain that are younger than their age in in a sense. Um, I don't like talking about it that way, but essentially it's just always important to be aware of and responsive to your, your kids' individual limits, you know, to try to, try to let go of some of the like, oh, well, they're this age, they should be able to do this. And so I should just like step back and, and let them, you know, um, struggle with it for a while, you know, like, so maybe less emphasis on where they should be based on their age and more emphasis on like, well, where are they, where are they falling behind? Where are they, um, struggling the most? Where are their, um, their spots that they need more support in, right? So that's just something to keep aware of. Um, and number three, 
Um, so three is in general like uh, something for parents and, and teens. I think that everyone should be aware of this and we've talked about it in the past, but on average by age 14, um, ADHDers are twice as likely as their peers to have experimented with substances. And so, and their risk for developing addiction is very, very high. Um, so that's just something to be aware of. I mean, because substance use um, and experimentation is not, um, you know, not, not uncommon for all adolescents. So it can be really helpful to, to know this um, and to be maybe a little bit more vigilant um, with your ADHD teens. Um, and maybe this is something that you can talk about with them, you know, talk about like, Hey, um, this is risky. Um, and, and here's why. And, um, just keeping that line of communication open. Um, I think it could be really beneficial for them to know that it's something that, that they might have to, uh, you know, be a little more aware of. That's all. Um, and then, uh, Similar to that, uh, my last one, number four, would just be to strongly consider medication. Um, and uh, I, I just say that because a lot of parents, I think, are very hesitant. Um, and I think there's a lot of fear, especially around stimulant medication. I think there's a lot of like very harmful um, misconceptions about, you know, stimulant medication, hooking kids on, on drugs and making them more likely to uh, to be reliant on substances or whatever, but, um, the evidence very, very strongly contradicts that. Um, and, uh, I've written an article about this on, on the website, um, a couple articles on addiction, um, if you're interested in learning more, but, um, ultimately if you treat, um, ADHD with medication, um, early, um, you know, in childhood and adolescence, they're, uh, their risk of developing an addiction drops by like 80%. Um, so it's, it's very strongly suggests, um, that stimulant medication, um, really reduces their risk, uh, rather than the opposite. So that's just something to keep in mind. Um, obviously for very, very understandable reasons, you want to be cautious of what kind of stuff you're, you're putting into your kid's body. Absolutely. Um, I just think that it's it's important to get the right information, and the information says that um, you know medication for ADHD is something that has been tested for many many years, um, and obviously talk to your doctor about individual risks or um, or specifics. Uh, but ultimately, it's it's very safe. It's very safe for kids, and it can really really um, increase their chances of of success and, um, avoiding some of the, um, kind of dangers that can come along with ADHD, you know, like addiction and, um, even unplanned pregnancy, self-harm, car accidents, um, a lot of, a lot of that risk can decrease with, with medication. So it's just something to keep in mind, but that's my, uh, overall, you know, primer for parents of ADHD teens. Um, you know what, actually, I think I'm going to split this in half. I'm going to, to put out one for teens and then maybe 
next time I will put out um, the one for parents. I think that is what I will do. Um, so, so if you're listening to this, then um, it's my parent half, <laughs> and I did one specifically for teens uh, last time. So go check that out if you haven't already. Um, okay, that's what I'll do because I I have to stop stressing myself out about this. Okay. So, um, to finish some books that, uh, have been recommended for, for parents, um, are things like, uh, Smart But Scattered for Teens. Um, that is really cool. Um, for part of my, uh, oh wait, I think I mentioned this in a past episode maybe, but Peg Dawson, um, taught one of the, uh, classes and trainings that I did for my, um, ADHD, uh, clinical services certification. Um, and she writes smart, the smart, but scattered, uh, series, and she is really great. Um, she has a really good understanding and, um, has really great concrete stuff for executive functioning. Um, so that's a great place to start. And, um, let's see, Delivered from Distraction by, um, Edward Hallowell is obviously something that I always recommend. Um, I think it, I, I, for, for both people who are newly diagnosed, um, and for their loved ones, I think it's, um, a really good primer and a good, uh, jumping off point. Um, and, uh, let's see. And then for like the more scientific side of understanding ADHD, if that's um, something that would help you as a parent, um, Russell Barkley um, has several books um, for for parents and for adults with ADHD. Who uh, and he uh, has goes over a lot of stuff about like what's exactly going on and um, and some stuff to address that. So um, that's someone else that's good to check out. Okay, I'm gonna go record the end of my. <laughs> first half uh and uh see how complicated it's gonna be to split this up uh maybe i'll re-record the beginning anyway you don't need to hear this i'm gonna run um hopefully get to bed before dawn and uh yeah i love y'all um thank you for tuning in and sticking it out i think uh uh, I'm especially scattered <laughs> uh, this this time around. So thank you for sticking sticking with me. Um, and yeah, take care. That's all for this episode, but there is plenty more at my website, theadhdmanual.com. That's T-H-E-A-D-H-D-M-A-N-U-A-L.com. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Reddit at The ADHD Manual. Do you have a question, comment, or story? Then I want to hear it. Email me at theadhdmanual at gmail.com. Very special thank you to my brother, Joe Miner, for composing this theme music. And thank you so much for listening. And remember to be kind to yourself. See you next time.